The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on the spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash spirit of recovery. Today's episode is titled, You Gotta Know When to Hold Them. As the old song tells us, sometimes we need to hold on to things and sometimes we need to let go. Many of us in addiction recovery have held on to some things way too long. Learning how to rely on a higher power for guidance helps us to know what to let go of and when, and what to hold on to and build upon. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on when to hold them and when to fold them on the path to freedom. Yes. So we were talking before the show about um, the age of our references here. and. Eh. If you have a more updated version of Kenny Rogers, please let us know. <laughs> we need but, it. Yeah, but this is a great, I mean, it's a great song, right? It, it was it was a, you know, a simple country song, but has a really deep meaning. I mean, we do have to know what to hold on to and what to let go of, right? And so before I got into recovery, I don't think I really knew what letting go of anything even was, you know? It wasn't a concept that anyone had ever taught me. Um, I think I I lived, I was very, um, a lot of my life was based on fear and worry and control and tr- feeling like I had to make things happen. I had to figure things out. I had to power myself through life on my own steam. Um, so letting go was not even really on my radar. And when I got into recovery, I started hearing about all this letting go. And it's it's an amazing, beautiful concept that I think can serve us 
at any age, at any time, and pretty much in regards to anything. Letting go is always a good thing. Not not necessarily meaning that we just dump something, but letting go meaning that we begin to relinquish that tight grip that I know I had thought that I needed to have on so many things in my life. So what I've learned in recovery is that life is lifing and it's lifing all on its own. And I'm not controlling as many things as I thought I was controlling anyway. And that an easier way to move through life is to let go and be in the flow of things. Um, This doesn't mean that, you know, we're irresponsible or that we don't do things that need to be done, but it's subtle, but also profound, a way of moving through life that is not so gripping and holding onto things and being fearful and thinking I have to make things happen, but allowing things to unfold on their own. And that's even to even be able to describe it. It's something that took me really a lot of years to truly understand. And it's even hard to describe. All I know is, is for me, it's a better way to live. Absolutely. And, and as you share that, I'm remembering because you said it's, it's, it's better, it's easier, but it wasn't very easy for me to get there from mm-hmm. where I was because, mm-hmm. you know, before I, got into recovery before I began to learn to rely on a higher power for guidance to, uh, you know, what it means to let go of things. We have this wonderful phrase that I hear a lot in unity that we release that which no longer serves us. I feel like I remember the first time I ever heard that it was just such a clear and sensible call Mm -hmm. to action in a way. And then of course I spent a lot of time figuring out how to let go of that which no longer serves me but just as a guiding principle i found that super helpful because before i mean uh, my attitude was why would i let go of anything i might need it later <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. hang, hang on to things afraid of not having enough of whatever fill in the blank mm. enough money you know enough uh alcohol or, or whatever enough um companionship who knows it could be anything that i felt like i needed the fear of not having enough uh would always be present and this reminds me of the now i'm not a a buddhist so i'm no expert in this but i recall the the principles about not grasping or striving Mm. in buddhism sort of being aware of striving and clinging and that kind of stuff and to me that's very much in tune with this, the spiritual practice of um, noticing what I am striving for in a negative way. That doesn't mean I can't have goals, of course, but striving has a whole different energy to it than, um, you know, working toward a a goal and feeling good about it. Striving is built on lack, right? Versus built on an abundance mindset. So it can look, you know, some of this stuff can look the same from the outside, but the outside is not where any of it really matters, right? What matters is what's going on inside of us. That's why I say it's subtle, but it's, well, not maybe subtle isn't the right word. It's nuanced. It's, but it is profound. You know, when you're talking about striving, I mean, this is a hard shift, can be a hard shift to make because striving is the American way. 
I mean, I was yeah. raised to strive. That's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to, you know, always be um, trying to achieve and be the best and accomplish. And um, that's sort of, you know, the values I was raised with. Um, so this idea of not not putting all of my time and energy into achievement and striving and um, trying to get somewhere. It, it feels very countercultural to me. It feels yeah. almost anti-American. You can't not strive. Come on. But that doesn't mean that we don't do things that are challenging or worthwhile or, you know, certainly hasn't meant that for either one of us. I mean, we, you know, we went to seminary, we've become ministers, we've certainly accomplished things, but it's a different energy behind it. And I think you really um, hit the nail on the head when you said that striving is coming from a lack mentality. So and holding on and trying to force things to happen and trying to make things come out the way we need them to in order to feel okay, all of that is based on this idea that if we don't do that, life's going to go to hell in a handbasket. Like life is not benign. It's not my friend. It's all trying to go wrong. And I am, my job is to keep it from going wrong. Wow. No wonder we drank. Yeah. Like the universe you know? is trying to kill me. Yes. <laughs> if I believe that, uh, yeah, I would need some. Okay. Relief. So I think that that's a very prevalent belief. Now I understand we, you and I, as you know, sort of white professional middle-class folks, there's a certain privilege involved in saying that, you know, we don't need to strive. Yep. There's some folks who are literally striving just to feed their children and survive every day. So I don't want to sound like this overprivileged person that's saying, ah, just let it all go. But there really is a shift in how we see the universe. You know, we either see the universe as this unfriendly place that is trying to kill us or we believe in a loving, graceful God. And we believe in a, we believe in a, a, a bent in the universe that the universe has a bend towards good, towards goodness, towards support and love. And that doesn't mean that everything that happens is good all the time, but we, we believe that ultimately things are going in a good direction. And it's, it's a choice to believe that I can understand that there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. But ever since I started believing that life was my friend and not my enemy, and that if I released my grip on things a little bit, things would generally work out, maybe not the way I wanted them to or the way I thought they were going to, and there would be hard times, but ultimately I would get where I needed to go. Ever since I started believing that and living like that, things have been a lot easier for me. Yeah, me too, totally. You know what's coming up for me is this idea that... Um you know, is the universe against me or for me, whatever I decide, that's what, <laughs> it's what it is. Be. No, that's literally what it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. It's so weird, especially for me, someone that was used to this concept, like there's an objective reality. It has nothing to do with what I think. That's how I used to look at this until I found out it has everything to do with how I think, mm -hmm. you know, and, and ways, other ways that that shows up, nothing to do with recovery is, you know, having a positive attitude, for example, makes everything better. That's the same sort of thing that's going on here. And, and in the, 
in the gospels for those of us on team Jesus, that whole seek and ye shall find mm -hmm. whatever I am looking for. That is what I'm going to find. Mm -hmm. And so the underlying principle for me is, well, I better be careful what I'm looking for because that's what I'm going to get. So if yeah. I want what I consider positive outcomes, if I want to live in a generous universe, that's how I have to act like that's what yeah. I'm after. I have to show yeah. up that way. Yeah, yes, it's, it's weird and and powerful, and it really messed with my concept of reality and life. Yeah. Again, as I said, it felt like you know the world is what it is, and I have to try and fit myself into it somehow. What I didn't know is the world is what I make of it. I choose. I decide, mm. which seems really yeah. insane to me and except no. that that's been my experience it doesn't it make any sense on the other side of it. it makes no sense it has been borne out by some really you know well known people i mean i'm thinking about like um victor frankel you know this idea that you could be in the most horrific circumstances but you could change your whole attitude about it and you could find beauty even in that so it's not minimizing the very real challenges and difficulties that, you know, the vast majority of our planet live with on a daily basis, because that's really the truth. You know, our existence is not the norm, right? Um, and so it's not to minimize that, uh, because I believe also that the gospel is telling us that we need to work towards correcting those types of inequities and things. But our attitude about things can have such an effect. And really it really comes it really for me came down to finding a higher power of my own understanding coming to believe in that higher power and then working daily to forge a relationship with that higher power that's where the trust for me comes from i don't know i don't i can't explain why bad things happen in the world why there's tragedy all around and all of this stuff all i know is my belief in it, the goodness of god is greater than all of that and if you can find that belief in a good God, hold that's what's something you want to hold on to. Let totally. go of everything else and hold on to that. That belief has gotten me through some really tough times and things have not been easy for me by any stretch. Um, but that that belief in the goodness of God has gotten me through all of it. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Yeah, that whole, I've heard it said, um, instead of seeing is believing, believing is seeing. Because my beliefs literally is my lens to the world. Yeah. Another way I've heard it put is we don't see the world as, as it is. We see the world as we are. As we are, yeah. That's so true. And I had to go find this scripture reference that was jumping into my head. It happens to be 1 Corinthians 2.14. Uh, those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they're unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. This stuff makes no sense 
if your mind is kind of on the other side of the fence, like where I was describing, I started yeah. from, and as you've shared where you're starting from, this makes no sense at all. It is foolishness from that side, yeah. except when, you know, my, um, my life journey led me into addiction recovery. I began to discover and then, you know, worked with and made it the very center of my life. I call it living a God-centered life. And who who you can define God any way that you want to. I don't care. Yeah. Living a God-centered life. This stuff works and it's way easier, way yes. easier than my old way. Yeah. Which that just continue, it'll never stop blowing my mind. Yeah. So I think that's a really important point that you and I like to make a lot on this program is that, you know, we're not saying just believe in this thing that you know, doesn't seem to be apparent and it's just magical thinking or something. What we're saying is ever since we started believing this way, the evidence for it has been everywhere, right? Like we're saying, try this out and see if it works for you. Like, I don't right. believe in a loving God because I just insist on holding on to this belief in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. No, I believe in a loving God because I see the evidence for that loving God everywhere. And when I put my trust in that higher power and I started to live from that place, I saw how God showed up for me and supported me and guided me and helped me in everything. This is not blind belief. This is faith based on experience. You and I have both felt the power of spirit rising up to support us when no one and nothing else in the world was there for us. Totally. And it, it is a belief based on absolute experience of the goodness of the divine. That's why we trust in it, not because we just say it, but because we have lived it, we have felt it, we have experienced it. And that's the kind of faith that's unshakable yeah you know i want to um share we are talking about step 11 essentially in in 12 step and i want to read that it reads sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with god as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out mm -hmm. now that knowledge of his will for us part i sort of sub almost substitute Praying only for understanding our way forward or clarity of mm -hmm. our way forward, that that so-called next right thing or next indicated thing that we talk about. And in the in the unity way of seeing that power of understanding is uh, defined as the ability to know, perceive, comprehend, and apprehend. So in a sense, this is saying through a practice of prayer and meditation, we get it. We get we we come to understand the way forward. Yes. Called spiritual guidance. I have a friend that calls it following the sparkly trail, which I love because that's a mental image to me. You yeah. just sort of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. So you turn within in prayer, which is a practice. And we're always continually going back to it and, and uh, making it a central part of our life. Uh, you turn within in, in prayer and relax and something comes up. The little, yeah. you know, the little sparkly whatever. Oh, that way, I'll go that way and see what happens. That That is how I live my life now. Yes. And again, every time I say this, I can hear how crazy I sound. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I cannot. I, it's like I can still see the other way. It's not like I lost the ability right. to see the other way. I still yeah. can see the other way. But yeah, I sound I sound like, a, you know, whatever. I don't know what you describe it. Like I've yeah. lost it. 
so <laughs> but like you said what what our eyes choose to see we will find evidence for that so you know there's so much the world is the universe is full of just so much and we can choose to see that part of it that we choose to see i choose to see the goodness so you talked about prayer and meditation and certainly you and i both have somewhat of a formal prayer and meditation practice and that's great and i want to say that if you know especially if you're new to this or whatever or prayer and meditation doesn't seem to be working for you that expand out what that means to you what prayer what what you know prayer doesn't mean folding our hands and sitting quietly it can mean that it doesn't have to mean that you know to me if you're if you step outside like i'm just looking outside my window right now and instead of just jumping in your car and taking off you choose to stop and see the the little hummingbird that's flying around the the flowers or or you choose to see the beauty of a flower or Whatever it is, you know, that usually for me, it's things in the natural world, you know, if I can just have that moment of seeing that beauty and that awe and that wonder, that is a prayer. That is a prayer to me. It doesn't need words. It's that thing which cuts through my human ego preoccupation with, you know, what am I going to do and what am I going to buy and where am I going to go and what needs to get done? If I can cut through that for just a minute and go, wow, look at that sunset or wow, look at the size of that redwood tree or wow, you know, look at the moon rise or whatever. That's a prayer because it connects us back to God. Yeah. And that's the purpose of prayer. So it doesn't have to be hours and hours. You don't have to be sitting in a monastery. It can happen in an instant where suddenly we, we, we forget all this human baloney and we remember what's important. What is important is our connection with spirit, the awe and wonder that's to be found in nature and God's creation. And that changes us. In that moment, we are changed. And the next thing that we go on to do is going to be different because we had that moment of connection. And I found, and if you're listening to this and you're early in your path, the more I did this, the more easily and quickly I could return to that place. Yes. And that that having done this, I love your hummingbird example. I'll, I'll just go with that. Of just taking a moment, taking a breath, noticing how does it feel to breathe? What's going on around me? Wow, look at how green everything is. So it's not even all the same green. I'm seeing like different color green mm -hmm. outside my window. Just to step back for a moment and do yeah. that. Um yeah is a way that I can return to an awareness of the spirit within me, around me, as me, et cetera, mm -hmm. out of the busyness, like you said, of where am I going to go and how much traffic and, oh my God, it's rush hour or whatever else is going on. And the more that I have done that, the more easily it is for me to find my way back to that. And yes. what, what I get out of that is to me, two words come up, calmness and clarity, mm -hmm. you know, a sense a calm sense is possible when I'm approaching a challenging situation that would have done nothing except bring up stress right. before, you know, a yeah. clarity in that it's easier for me to feel like, okay, I do know what to do next. I'm not sure exactly where this is going. I might not even know why that's the next right thing to do, but I am clear on what it is. And if I'm simply willing to put it into practice, it just works. 
as we say, but you have to experience it. Yeah, so we have to make an effort. Yes, absolutely. The effort doesn't have to be hours and hours sitting in meditation. The effort could just be, you know, I think I've heard it called like a sacred pause. So sacred pause just being anytime we stop for just a moment. And like you said, take a deep breath, look around us. I find that connection to God in nature. If that's not where you find it, there's other places it can be found. It could be found in the face of your loved one, your significant other, your child, um, maybe a pet, even in our own bodies and our own selves. If we stop and get still for a few minutes and just take some deep breaths and just wonder at the marvel of our own bodies, you know, my I'm breathing without even meaning to. That's a freaking miracle. Yeah. You know, the blood is pumping through my body. I mean, God is to be found everywhere, you know, and so we have to find where God is most visible for us and then make it a point to stop at various points throughout the day and remind ourselves of that. I've heard it said, uh, if we, if I were to do this, what you're describing, anytime it occurs to me, I don't need to set a timer. I don't need to put anything on my calendar. Just whenever I realize that, oh, I could take a moment, take a breath, notice how it feels. You know, I've heard wiggle your fingers and toes. Notice how that feels. Look around. What do you see? If I did that, just every time it occurs to me, it will completely change my life. Absolutely. And I, that has been my experience, and I agree with that. Now, if just to put for a little pitch for a more um, structured meditation practice, what I have found is that by including a structured meditation practice in my daily life, that helps me make those moments more available to me. Yeah. Because it's a, it's we're training ourselves. We're training ourselves to stop and to notice. So learning a new skill. Yep. The more we practice it, the easier it is to find it again. Yeah. Just like anything. Well, it's time for us to move into what we call recovery in a nutshell. This is when we try to summarize the various pieces of all that we've just shared in a compact manner, if possible, uh, the ways that we found most helpful. So Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, Hey, you know, in a nutshell, how do I know what to hold on to and what to let go of? Back to the old and getting older song. Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, seeking seeking divine guidance in all things, you know, and, and that's not praying to a God that's out there in the sky somewhere. That's stopping and connecting to the God that is within and without and all around. Um, and every time we do that, I think it becomes more clear what we need to hold on to and what we need to let go of. You know, you you talked about how taking those moments gives you calm and clarity. I would also say it gives me perspective because I can get very, very caught up in my human ego existence. What do I look like? I need to get my hair done. What do people think about me? Did people like my sermon? Am I acceptable? You know, blah, 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 all that ego nonsense. So if I can take a few minutes and connect again to what is real, okay, all of that stuff is is fun. It's part of being human, stopping and taking some deep breaths, connecting with God, going within, all of a sudden my perspective changes and it's like, okay, that stuff is fun, but this is what's real right here. This is what's real. And so then then I know that all of those things are what I need to let go of so that I can hold on to what is real, which is this connection right here in this moment, me and God. If I have that, I have everything. 
Yes, that so is my, the only thing that matters. My answer is going to be a quote from the big book. This is on page 86. I have always loved this from the first time I read it. It says, in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here, we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We're often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. That is Bill's way of saying exactly what we've been talking about. Just relax, make conscious contact with your higher power, however you do that, and trust, and you'll know which way to go. Yep. Awesome advice. Sounds really good. Well, as always, we have an affirmation for you. And today it is this. Focused on divine wisdom, I know what is mine to do, and I do it. And once again, focused on divine wisdom, I know what is mine to do, and I do it. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful that you have. We hope that you found something in all of our chattering today that you find genuinely helpful in your own journey. And we bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. And as always, we invite your comments, questions, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritofrecovery. We are so glad that you've joined us today, and we hope that you'll join us again. Until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.